Well, turn in your Bibles to Deuteronomy 18. That's, that'll be one of the first places we'll like read. I've got things, a lot of stuff on the, the, the screen and everything. But we're going to finish. We're just saying finishing this evening our study. We still have next week, so don't miss. Don't next week, miss next week because I'm going to talk about, we're going to talk about Sheol next week, okay? And you all know what that is. That's the place of the dead. We're going to talk about Sheol. We're also going to talk about resurrection a little bit. And then we've got a few other things. I'll give a big summary of the whole, of the whole study so that might be just worth coming to itself, just get the big study of the uh, summary of the study. So turn to Deuteronomy 18 this evening. We're going to finish the lesson 13, uh, which we're calling Angels and Demons. And we've seen that angels are throughout the Bible. When you think about it, it's just amazing how many times they're listed, how many times they're there, and all the things that they do. And, of course, we've seen in our study <clears throat> that there are, there are good angels which serve God and man. And then there are bad angels which are really opposed to God and man. And we don't always think about that. And, and as we've said over and over, in this room, there are spirit beings probably that we, we cannot see. I, I imagine there's really good angels in this room. Uh, I, I imagine there might not be good angels in this room. And so there's a spiritual battle. The Bible says we're not wrestling against what? flesh and blood, but against rulers, against wicked forces, that kind of thing. So we be began our study by looking at good angels, and we, we call them elect angels, we call them holy angels. They serve God, they worship and serve God, they serve man. And then what we did is we switched over and we switched to the bad side, and we looked at Satan and the demons. And for a, a number of lessons, we, we looked at Satan, and he is opposed to God and man. We talked about him being the fallen angel that rebelled from God. In the, in the, uh, we don't even know when all that exactly happened, but he rebelled from God and lost his position, probably took a third of the angels with him, which became what we call demons. He is opposed to God and man. His plan for the unbeliever is to never believe in Jesus Christ, never believe in Christ for eternal life. And I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, he loves religion. He loves religion. Satan invented religion. You just got to understand that. Religion, is, uh, religion, we say, is man trying to please God. That's Satan's plan. Satan's plan is the man never understand that salvation is a gift and that God has done it all and that he sent his son and that salvation is by faith alone and Christ alone for eternal life. Satan never wants people to understand that. <clears throat> and today when we talk about it, there are so many people who say something like, no, 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 that's too easy. It can't be that easy. It can't just be by faith, or it's more than that, and those kind of things. And so his plan is for unbelievers never to believe in Christ and for believers never to serve, that we just never grow. And there are so many Christians that just, they've never connected. They've never grown. They've, uh, they've let, the, as, as uh, the, the parable of the souls, they've let the riches of the world and the th fears of the world and everything else just cloud in and, and take over. And so uh, it's, it's just really sad. This, we, we began last week really looking at demons. And what we did is we looked at three things. We looked at the background of the demons. We looked at three big areas, or we started three big areas, religions, cults, and the occult. And then we're going to end with the destiny of the angels. So if you want to write that down, you can. I'm not going to go that fast tonight. But so uh, background of the demons, we, we saw that. We looked at three big areas. We talked about religions and cults. And we actually talked about that last week. We didn't really get to the occult. And so tonight is more of the occult. And I think you'll be surprised. Uh, we, we all know it's there. 
And we all have heard of it, and we've heard of things like voodoo and all that kind of stuff. And some people think that it's not real, but it is real. And so we're going to look at the background. Oh, we looked at the background. We're going to see or seen the three areas, cult, the occult tonight, and the destiny of the angels. And so we're going to see how all that fits t- together. Last week, the background of religions and cults tonight focus on the occult and end with the destiny of the angels. When we think of the occult, by the way, the word occult means something hidden. That's what it means. It's something hidden, and we're going to see how it all fits together. Okay, when we started the class, it's been, you know, whatever, months, but at the start of the class, Tom Donahoe found this article, sent it to me, and this happened in this happened sometime in September, but and, and I don't know what state it was in, but here's what we found. Two middle school girls were arrested for plotting to kill their classmates and drink their blood. The girls were arrested in the bathroom at the middle school. The girls had planned to kill the smaller students, cut their throats, eat their flesh, drink their blood, then stab themselves. They had hoped that this would make them the worst, that make them the worst sinners so they could die and go to hell and be with Satan. They devised the plan, watching some scary movies at their house, and they found the girls had four knives and a pizza cutter. And this is true. Okay, we'd say, how can this happen? I mean, how could how could they think that evil? How could they how could this sort of thing happen? Well, we think about it, they had opened themselves up, I think, somehow to the evil spirit world. And when we think of the occult, we immediately think of we hear the word, we think of things like devil worship and Satan and evil and those kind of things. The truth is there's a lot more involved. When you, when you really think about it, uh, you turn the, on the TV, fortune telling. Listen, Stillwater News Press. I get it. I, I, I get it. If, you know why I get it? I, I, I get every now and then the sports is good. I mean, and I don't mean to call we win. I mean, just sometimes the sports is good. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it's not. Uh, but uh, there's a page that has a horoscope every, every, every day. Okay, a horoscope. People say, oh, what's your horoscope say today? We'll talk about it in a minute, but... Uh, a horoscope is satanic, by the way. Do you realize that? It's not a game. It's not somebody sitting right there and saying, you will enjoy a pleasant day today. No, that's not how it works. You've heard of lucky numbers, psychics, palm readers, astrology, tarot cards. Many Christians like sort of make fun of this, but it, it is, in a sense, you could say fun of it because it's not real. It's not right and accurate, but it is real. It is there. We realize there are only two Real spiritual realities. When you think about it, well, oh, I just put that up there. I'm sorry. Lucky, no, you don't have to write all that down. It's just what you see, lucky numbers and psychics and, and stars and all that kind of stuff. And, and there's really only two, two spiritual things. There's God, which is really good, good, and Satan, which is evil. That's what it really boils down to. And, and when, you, when you really think about it, people, when we think of the worship, it's either people worshiping the true God and the idea of having eternal life, salvation, and being with true God, or people worshiping false god and gods and Satan and cults and the occult. I mean, have you thought about, if you look at the, 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 the spiritual aspect of the world, you've got people crawling on their knees, you've got people sticking things through their mouths to somehow please God. They sacrifice all kind of different things to some god or goddess they think is there. They think somehow they're going to be a part of a world system that's that's floating around forever. They think they're going to die and come back as an animal or die and come back as something better. I mean, the, when you look at the religions and the occultish stuff of the world, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's so far off. And the old saying is this, if you will reject Jesus 
Jesus Christ and the truth of the Bible, you will fall for anything else. You'll believe anything else. Remember this, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not the people. It's against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against spiritual forces of what? Of what? Wickedness in the heavenly places. And so there, that's what we're seeing, and we're seeing it over and over and over and over again. And so we, <clears throat> we talked and we've looked at false religions, the cults, and the occult. Let me remind you, false religions, once again, are things like Islam or, or Hinduism or Buddhism or, uh, you know, all these different things. And, and uh, it's, it's basically a man's way to figure out a way to get to God. All of it goes back to Satan. It's all Satan worship. When you think of the cults, once again, it's people who change Christianity. They go in there and they say, uh, Jesus was born in Jerusalem of Adam, God, and Virgin Mary. Well, who is that? Well, that's Mormons. You, I mean, you may not know that, but when they say, oh, we believe in Jesus just like you do, they have a different Jesus. Their Jesus was born in Jerusalem and born of Adam, God, Adam, in the garden, becomes a god and comes down and has sex with Mary. That's Mormonism. And the more you study some of these things, so that's the cults and they change everything. And now we're going to think about the occult. And so let's start with this. What is the occult? And, and we think the word occult comes from the Latin word occultus, which has the idea of something that is hidden, something that is a secret. That's, that's kind of how that fits together. So that comes to there. And so under the occult, I've got two things for you, the one and two. Let me give you time to, to write this down. The word occult comes from the Latin word occultus, the idea of something hidden. So when you think of the occult, it's something that's like a secret, something that you don't want people to know, so to speak, or something that's hidden and that's going to come out. So under the occult, I've got two things. The occult deals with secret things, that's number one, and then it deals with supernatural things. And it's, 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 it's angelic or... Uh, angelic or demonic forces. And when you say angelic, I mean, in, uh, I probably should have put uh, just demonic forces because the occult is, de- is not dealing with good angels. They're not dealing with God and God's way. And so, number one, it deals with secret things. Number two, it deals with demonic forces, supernatural things. And when people say, can someone tell the future? They might can. It might not be from God. Can someone do something like this? Yes. I mean, you know, there, there are powers and wicked powers that are from demonic beings. And so that's why we say to people, don't get involved with some of those kind of things. Don't do that because there really is, there is demonic forces there. It's not a game and it's not that there's no such thing. We know there's no other gods. There's only one true God. But there are demonic forces out there that are there all the time. So when you think about this, that, that's how we looked at it. You know, we, we, let me classify the occult for us. Witchcraft, magic, palm readings, fortune telling, Ouija boards, tarot cards, Satanism, crystals, crystal balls, channeling, all of these things that, that comes from a spirit world that is evil. And it is evil. And uh, there's a Satan fallen world. Josh McDowell said this. Y'all know who he is. Most everybody know Josh McDowell. Josh McDowell, he says, playing around with the world of the occult can lead to serious repercussions. We need to be aware of the satanic realm, but not be involved in it. We need to, that's why we teach angels and demons, so that we can know this stuff, but not that we can be involved in it. Uh, let, me, let's, let me read this quote. There's a guy named F.W. Thomas. He wrote a book called Kingdom of Darkness. And what he wrote, he said he told of a, a husband and wife team who joined a satanic group 
in order to obtain firsthand information. They thought, well, look, we're going to get in this group, see what they really do. Yeah, you're shaking your head because that's exactly what not to do. And it said they had to leave because of the frightening things they saw and encountered. There is demonic stuff out there, y'all. It's in this town. It's everywhere. It's in this world. And so we always say, just don't be involved with this. As Josh McDowell said, we need to be aware of it, but not involved with it. So we want you to understand it, but not, not get involved with it. It's best to stay away and leave the devil alone. That's what we always say. So what we're going to do, <clears throat> we're going to do three things. We're going to look at astrology and the horoscopes and stars and UFOs and that kind of stuff. We're going to talk about that for a little bit. Then we're going to get into B, the fortune telling. And, we're going to, and you don't have to write all these down because we're going to get them. I've just got it for you. We're going to look at the Ouija boards and palm readers and divination and tarot cards and crystal balls and channeling and seances. And what is all that stuff? And how does it all, you know, what is it? And then the last thing we'll look at is the witchcraft and devil worship. And you may be surprised because if you hear of Wicca, what is, what is Wicca or Wiccan? What do we, that's, that's, that's witchcraft, isn't it? And the first thing you think of is who do witches worship? We'd say Satan, but they won't tell you that. They worship Gia. They worship the world. They worship the system. Uh, and we'll talk more about it, and, and, and we'll see how it all ties together. So let me raise this question. Why is there so much of this occult stuff going on right now? We, we see that what's happened over the last, say, 30 years People are turning more and more away from materialism because it, it's empty. As people gain more and more money and things, they realize it doesn't, it doesn't satisfy. So they want to turn to something spiritual. They want to say, I'm a spiritual person. But when people say, I'm a spiritual person, it doesn't necessarily mean they're a Christian. You can be spiritual without being a Christian. Biblical Christianity has God, the Holy Spirit, and the Father and all that. But person, I've, I've talked to people who will say, oh, I'm a spiritual person. And, but they don't go to church and they don't believe in Jesus but they're a spiritual person. They want something spiritual. They want something supernatural. The University of California at Berkeley recently, this about two years ago, awarded its first degree in magic. And we're not talking about a comedian or somebody who could stand up and go pick a card and I can tell you. We're talking about magic, like black magic. We're talking about uh, offering courses in parapsychology and those kind of things. At OSU, there's, there's a group on campus, Wiccans. They're on campus. You know that. Uh, and so, I mean, that's there. People, here's, here's what's happening. People want answers for life's basic questions. Who am I? What's my future? What's going to happen to me? And, and the problem is they don't know the answers and they're not going to the Word of God to find the answers on who we are and what God has for us. And so what they're looking at is this. They say, well, the astrologist, he will, he will, he will chart your future for you so you don't have to worry about it. And the Ouija board will answer your questions and give you directions. And the medium will let you talk to the spirit world. And see, they're saying, oh, you want answers? We can tell you your future. You want answers? Ask a question. We'll give you the answer. You want answers? You want to talk to somebody that's dead, that's already died, and, and maybe they're still here, or maybe they're on the other side? Do you want to talk to somebody from the other side? Whatever that means. And so they're telling people all of these things. And by the way, just a sign of the times. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. The Spirit explicitly states that in the latter times, when are the latter times? Anytime after Jesus Christ's death and resurrection, we're in them. Some will fall away from the what? When it says the faith, it's talking about the body of truth. It's talking about the truths of the Bible. Some will fall away from the truths of the Bible and pay attention 
to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. Where do you find deceitful spirits and doctrine of demons? In, in the false religions, in the occult, in the cults. All of that's there, and that's what people turn to. And it just breaks your heart. What does the Bible say about this? <clears throat> I want you to look at Deuteronomy 18, and let's look at verses 9, 10, and 11, and see what God said to the nation of Israel when they're entering into the promised land. Do you remember how the Bible... Let, let me just show you something. If you, you've never seen this or you know it, you know, Genesis is the book, of course, the beginnings and everything. It's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, and they end up in, in, in Egypt. And then Exodus is them coming out. And then Leviticus is after they come out, they get the law, and Leviticus is all about the law. And then Numbers is where they wander around. And at the end of the 40 years, they come, and Moses is about to die. And so he writes Deuteronomy, which means second law. He's telling them what to do when they go into the land. Back over here in Exodus and Leviticus, they got the law. Over here in Deuteronomy, second law, they gave more information to tell them what's it going to be like when you go into the land. What are you supposed to do? So that's why how the Bible fits together. I think it's really important that all of us would be able to take ourselves through the books of the Bible and may not know everything about it, but at least say, what is this book about? What is Deuteronomy about? What is the book of Judges about? What is the book of Ruth about? So that we as believers would know, have an idea of how they fit. Well, look what he says to the nation of Israel when they get ready to go into the land. He says, when you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you. Now, who gave them the land? God gave them the land. You shall not learn to imitate the detestable things of these nations. There were nations there. There were actually seven nations in the land that were descendants of Canaan. And, and, they're, and, and he's gonna, they're going to move them out. He says, but don't do what they do. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire. What were they doing? They were sacrificing their children. No one uses divination. That's telling future. No one who practices what? Witchcraft. Or one who interprets omens. Oh, this says this. Or calls up, uh, or a what? A sorcerer. Or one who casts a spell. Eeny, meeny, money, mo. Okay, one who casts, or a medium. A medium is the one that is a, helps channel you from somebody who's dead and something else, or one who calls up the dead. So he says, don't do that. So he warned them. He warned them and said, do not do that. Now, they did it, and that's why they got removed out of the land. And so let's talk and let's start with the first one, which is astrology, the horoscopes, the stars, the UFOs, those kind of things. So I've just given you some room in there just to, to write it down. There's a contrast between astronomy and astrology. Astronomy is the study of the stars, the universe, the heavenly bodies. Astronomers are people who will go out there and they can say, well, that's Venus over there, that's this over here, this is Orion, and, and, and they, they know it, and that's what astro astronomy is. And nothing wrong with astronomy. There are people who have studied it, many great Christian people studied astronomy, the stars, the universe. Astrology is different. It is a practice of determining, determining life's patterns using the stars. You understand what astrology is using stars to determine about your life. And it's everywhere. If you, if you go to Stillwater News Press, it's there. If you go to any other newspaper, if you go on TV, it's there. There's things called horoscopes. There's all these kind of things. What's the thing people used to say? What's your what? What's your sign? 
What do they mean by that? I'm a Leo. I'm, a, I'm something else. I'm a crab. I don't know what they are. I don't know who they are. But think about it. Okay, what do they mean by that? They're saying, when were you born? What were you born? What is the date of your birth? Because when you were born, the stars were aligned in a certain way. And that's how your life is going to go, patterned off of that. You've ever heard people say, I want to count my lucky stars. There aren't any lucky stars. Uh, It's everywhere. Astrology seeks to answer questions. What will happen to me now and in the future? And it assumes this. Now, let me show you something. It assumes that the position of the stars and the planets has a direct influence upon people and events. People's life patterns can be charted by determining the position of the stars at their birth. So when you were born, according to your sign, according to your date, according to how it was, the stars were aligned in a certain way. And because of that, you can, with astrology, figure out your life, what's going to happen. You can chart this, and it's called your horoscope. Now, you can re- open up a newspaper every day, and there's a horoscope reading for, a, for your age, whatever you are, that day. <clears throat> I started looking today. I got, I got, I got the Stillwater News Press, and I, I, don't, I don't stay on that page. I don't want to even look at it because I think it's demonic. But a lot of people say, oh, it was my horoscope today. I want to see, you know, how close it's going to be. You know, so it's called, the the key question is, what is your sign? Where were you born? How does it work? The stars and planets cause the events to take place in your life. Now, do you believe that? Do you read a horoscope? Do you think this is some game thing? Do you realize that there are people who actually say, I'm going to look at how, where I was born, how the stars were, how things are aligning, how the stars and the planets and everything move around, and that's going to affect my life and who I am and what I'm going to do. Look what God says. You are wearied with your many counsels. Let now the astrologers, those who prophesy by the stars, those who predict by the new moons, stand up and save you for what will come upon you. He's saying to the people, listen, you're turned to these people who look at the stars and the new moons and say this, let them protect you. God's saying, I'm fixing to come judge you. And he says, but if you want to, turn to your people, turn to your astrologers. And then he says over here, and listen, beware that you lift up your, notice this is Deuteronomy, this is the second law, and beware lest you lift up your eyes to heaven and see the sun, the moon, and the stars, and all the host of heaven, and be drawn away, and worship, and serve them, to the, those which the Lord your God has allotted to all the peoples under the whole heaven. The stars, the moon, they're for us. They're, they're not gods. They're not things that determine our lives. And yet, think about the people who, who, who follow that. I know people who believe their horoscopes and who believe that because they were born as a Leo or a Pisces or whatever they are, that it's, uh, it's affecting them. And, and so the, the Bible condemns this. What are some dangers? I think I've got, where are, let me, I, mean, I haven't been catching up there. What are some dangers of following this sort of thing? Well, the first one is this. It's a, it's a false system that looks at the creation rather than the creator. That's what it is. 
it's back goes back to Romans 1, which says, For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. That's what Paul writes. He says, listen, there, uh, it, it starts with people. Listen, I, I sometimes, uh, th- there's some people that I know that are not from this country that will sit and watch the sun go down and worship as it goes down. I've watched them do it. And, and so, yeah, that's what, that's what it is. So be careful. It's a false system that looks at the creation rather than the creator. Second, it's, the lives are based on fate and chance, predetermined by the stars. Do you, want, do you think your life is destined by when you were born and how the stars were in the sky and how they move and, and shape and all that things? We'd say, there's no hope. It's already set. What do the stars say? What's the fate? I know some people who believe their lives are just fate. They don't have a choice on anything. Whatever happens to them has happened because it's already been predetermined. The third one, are you ready for the third one? The third one is there's a loss of money and time. There are people who pay for this sort of thing. There are people who do that. And so that's some of the dangers. And uh, I've, I've read stuff where the, you know, people will pay money for somebody to tell them how the stars are aligned for them or what they can learn from the stars. Any questions about that? I, I know we don't. I don't think anybody does that sort of thing. Be careful if you think, oh, I'm just going to read my horoscope every day. I wouldn't even mess with any of that. Uh, I want to talk about UFOs for a second. Why is this? You know, there's been just a huge... Uh, 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 stuff with this coming up lately. And people say, what are these? Are these people from other planets? And I'll, let me tell you something. They're demons. It's demonic forces. And let me tell you, what's, what, what would be the one thing that Satan would want you to believe? That there's not a real true one God, that we're just in a universe, and they're all kind of beings from all over the place, and there's no real God, there's no Savior, there's nothing. There's just people from outer space that someday's going to come here, and all this, and they've already been here, and maybe we actually came from them, and, and they came here and deposited us, and, and, and you know, there's all of these little creatures and everything. And the truth is, they're, they're demonic forces is what they are. Let me ask you something. Has there ever been any sighting? from any of, the, of our telescopes or anything of something coming from outside our universe, outside our system, coming into our system. There never has been. Every time there's something, it's in our atmosphere. It's already there. And they'll say, this plane, it was, it was something, and it just darted. What do you think that is? Listen, if, if Satan could make you think that Jean-Luc Picard is right, and, and that there are, you know, there's all kind of, there's no real God or anything. There is no God. That's what they want. UFOs, they're there. And uh, listen, listen to this. When do you think that UFOs really began highlighting in, in, in our part of the world, and in fact, in the world? Do you know when the, they started really emphasizing them? About 1949, 1950. What happened in 1948? Israel became a nation. This is God getting everything ready. If you go back, you look in the late 40s, the 50s, and the 60s. That was the height of of all of this little green men from outer space and people from Mars and all those movies, all those B-movies, all that stuff about all of this stuff. So let me just tell you, if, if they found something... And these people say, ah, they actually have these people that they've captured. And they've, uh, listen, even if there's something that looks like people, it's demonic. There's no such thing, y'all. There's just, there's not. 
So don't, don't worry about them. I forgot the new name. What are they calling them now? UAP. What? UAP. UAP. What is that? Un. Okay, well, I like UFO better. But anyway. Okay, so let's move from there to fortune telling. Okay? Uh, and, and under that, there's things like Ouija boards and palm reading and divination and channeling and crystal balls and all that. Fortune telling is this art of being able to forecast the future. They'll be able to look at you by some kind of supernatural means. And, 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 and it's been around for a long, long, long time. Listen, do you, you remember that you read some of these books where uh, an army is fixing to go to war and they got their swords and they're on top of a hill and they don't know. And so they go kill this animal, open it up, look at its guts and say, is that to go or not to go? That's a fortune-telling thing. This, I mean, that's what they've done forever. The Bible deals with this in witchcraft. And uh, I just quoted it a while ago. It is, when you enter the land, Lord, don't imitate this. Don't do it. Don't let it be found among you. Don't pass them through the fire. That, that's the same place as we read a while ago. I just put it up there so you could read it. He's saying, don't mess with this sort of thing. Don't do divination. Don't practice witchcraft. I mean, at the time of King Saul, remember... Uh, he went to it. Listen, when King Saul became king, there were witches everywhere, and people said they shouldn't be here. So King Saul said, If we find out you're a witch, we'll kill you. That's all he said. And so they all went in hiding, or a lot of them went in hiding. But King Saul, toward the end, when God turned away from him, and that doesn't mean he lost salvation. God turned away from him and wouldn't answer him. In fact, let me, let me read this to you. This is in 1 Samuel 28. I just want to read this to you. You don't have to turn there. You don't want to. First Samuel chapter twenty-eight. Saul, when Saul saw the camp of the Philistines, he was afraid, and so he inquired of the Lord, and the Lord did not answer him. You know why? Because he's completely out of fellowship with God. He's doing the wrong thing. He knows he's not supposed to do it, and so God didn't answer him by dreams or urimathurim. The urimathurim was the the thing that the priest had. Saul sent to his servant and said, "Seek for me a woman who is a medium. What's a medium? It's a witch, basically." I, that I may go and inquire her. He says, he's going to, the, to, to demonic forces and says, I got to find out something, so let's go find her. And the servant said, well, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor, the witch at Endor. So Saul disguised himself. He didn't want to look like a king. And he put on other clothes, and he went with two men with him, and they came to the woman, and he said, conjure up for me, please, and bring up for me somebody I'll name for you. He wants her to bring Samuel back from the dead. And the woman said to him, whoa, whoa, you know that Saul has done, he's cut off all those who are mediums and spiritists from the land. Why are you laying a snare for me and bring about my death? She says, I can't really do this because if Saul finds out, he'll kill me. Uh, this is Saul right here. And so Saul vowed to her by the Lord saying, no, no punishment will come upon you. And she said, who shall I bring up? He said, Samuel. And then it says, the woman saw Samuel. It didn't say she did anything. It says, the woman saw Samuel, and she cried out with a loud voice. In Hebrew, it says she screamed. She's never seen anything like this. It's really Samuel coming up, and she then turned around and said, why have you deceived me? You are Saul. She, she recognized who he was. And so Samuel came up and basically said to Saul, you have really messed up. And that's what it boils down to. And look what this says here, First Chronicles ten thirteen. So Saul died for his transpass transpass, which he committed against the Lord because of the word of the Lord, which he did not keep, and also because he asked counsel of a medium making inquiry of it. 
You think it's a slight thing to play around with the occult stuff? It is not. It is not. So what are some, what are some key ways <clears throat> of this fortune-telling thing? Well, first of all, there's palmistry, which palm reading. You've always heard about people, they'll say, here, let me look at your palm. Oh, here's your lifeline. It's a long one. You're going to live to be a long yeah, I mean, Just because of a crease in your hand, you know? And think about it. So what they've got is there are people who will read palms, and it's the art of divination from the shape and the marking of the hands. Uh, let me just ask you this. How, how many gullible people are there to fall for stupid stuff like this? And let me just say this, what, what we said over and over. When you reject the truth of Jesus Christ and reject the truth of the Bible, you'll fall for anything. You'll go see somebody and let them tell you, based on your hand, what's going to happen to you. We've got cardamancy, uh, <clears throat> which is tarot cards. You know what those are? There's these cards. You've seen them in movies. Probably, I hope you've never seen them in real life, but you've seen them in movies where they have these cards and they fold them over and they all mean something and they put them out there. And if something comes up, it means, oh, this is going to happen to you. you know, or whoever, whoever knows what that is. Uh, uh, I always make this joke when I see a fortune-telling place and it's out of business. And I want to say, surely they knew that was coming, right? Right? <laughs> So, it's like tarot cards. Think about that. That you know, that it, by by the use of cards, um, I, I found out that I tried to find out where this started, and I couldn't. It said the origin of this has been lost, but many teach all of this started uh, to the worship of a god uh, based on the wisdom of the Egyptians. It goes all the way back to these cards that you fold over. Now, I found out something about four or five years ago. How many of you have ever heard of destiny cards? Nobody in this room. About five or six years ago, I had people coming to me. It's Christian. You buy these cards, and you supposedly turn them over, and they're supposed to be a Christian worldview and tell you good things about you. you it's a, it, don't do that. You know, I, I'm glad it's faded away because y'all hadn't heard of it, right? It was, it was big about, I think it was between five and six years ago, that, and that's why I have it written down here. I have Christian destiny cards. Then um, <clears throat> there's a thing called, and before we get to Ouija, well, let's, let's talk about Ouija boards and crystal walls. Ouija boards, they, I think they're horribly dangerous. How, how many of you, let's just say it, how many of you ever played with a Ouija board? I'm glad you... Uh, did, what did you find out when you got with it? It'll tell you things you want to hear. It, things you want to hear? Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. It, uh, and things you don't want to hear, too. Yeah. Anybody else played with that? That Let me just say that when I say played with it, because I played with it, because I wasn't a believer or anything, and my twin sister and I, we were like 17 years old. She had a boyfriend. I had a girlfriend. And one day, we, I don't know how we got a Ouija board. We got it out of the box. We put it all together, you know, and you, and you have this little thing, and you put your hand on it, and you can do it by yourself. You can do it with another person, and it's got numbers and name, like letters and everything, and it'll spell out stuff, and it'll have a yes or a no side, and, and you're supposed to be able to sit there and put your hands on it and say, will I make 100 on my test tomorrow? And, and it'll just start moving. And you're, and you're saying, are you moving this? And, and my twin sister would say, I'm not moving it. I said, well, I'm not moving it. And, it moved. And, and let me just tell you what we did because, I mean, I'll just be honest with you. We, we started asking it questions because we didn't know any better. And it started spelling out words that I could never say in this room. 
I mean, bad, bad words. I mean, it started spelling them out. And I said to my twin sister, are you writing this out? She said, no, I'm not writing this out. And I said, I'm not writing this out. And, I mean, it said things like, uh, we said, who are you? And it said, I am an invisible. It said, I'm invisible. It, it said that, I'm invisible. So when we got through with that, we, 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 we threw it away. I think, it's a ch- I think it's a way to get in touch. How many of you believe that it's a way to get in touch with spirit, with demonic stuff? It is. So don't mess with it. People, it's like it's a game. It's not a game. It's not a game. Crystal balls, they're not games. They're all kind of ways that people try to use to get in touch with the spirits of the demonic forces of a fallen world. It's out there. Uh, channeling. You know what channeling is? Channeling is where a person today can be channeled by someone who lived at another time will speak through them today. I read about a woman, I can't remember her name now, I, when, I, when I taught uh, the cults, I really went into detail, and there was this woman, I think her name was Jay-Z something, and she has blonde hair, and she was about 35 years old, and she was making money because she was channeling. She said she, had the, she could channel an 800-year-old monk who has died, but his spirit is with her, and he comes and speaks through her. And for money, you could come give her money. And this 800-year-old monk will speak through her and give you wisdom from him through her. And she is the channeler. And she was making all kind of money. How many people are dumb enough to go up to this woman and think that what's coming out of her is from somebody who lived 800 years ago? I mean, it's just, so that's what channeling is. I put that under the Ouija board and, and the crystal balls and, and those kind of things. Um, I, I think that you, you, it's, not, it's not anything to, to play with. Uh, this last one is, is where a person holds the object of another person. Like say your Aunt Martha, who's been dead for five years, this is Aunt Martha's teddy bear. I'm going to hold this teddy bear and I will be able to, um, this person will be able to talk through that, or they'll be able to tell you things through that, or the person holds this object, and you can make characteristics about that person, or you can even know where they are. If you hold their object, you can know things about them. And uh, this is also where people believe you raise the dead, or you can speak to the dead, or you can speak to people on the other side. And uh, listen, let me just tell you this. Anybody that's ever died... Their body is in the grave, and their soul and spirit, if they have a soul and spirit, if, uh, they might have a soul, they might not have a spirit. If a believer has a spirit. So if the, their soul and spirit is a believer, is in the heavenly places. To be absent from the body is where? Present with the Lord. So their body's in the grave, but where's their spirit? With Jesus. Okay, an unbeliever, when they die, where's their body? In the grave. Where is their, their soul? It's in the heart of the earth. We're going to talk about that next week. They are not floating around here. They are not ghosts and demons. There's no such thing as a ghost. If there's anything that these spirit beings that are around, they're not ghosts of people who have died. They're demonic beings. That's who they are. And when people say things, I had a, listen, I had a good friend. Um, and he, he told me his house was haunted. And I said, and he lived in Hazelhurst, Mississippi. And I went home, we were in college together. So I went home one weekend to be with him. And he said, you know, he'll be shaving and he'll just see something pass by the mirror and he'll look around and nothing's there. And I spent the night with him and I was kind of scared. And, uh, 
And, I, you know, I thought I saw something, but, you know, there's no such thing. Now, now it could have been a demonic something, but it wasn't a ghost or anything. There's no such thing. And so when people talk about spirits, they're not talking about, they may think they're meaning people who have died and their spirit's still around somehow. Uh, like Poltergeist, did y'all remember seeing that movie? And, uh Ooh, pulling off his face. I mean, it's just there's all kind of weird stuff there uh, that, you, that marks you for the rest of your life. And um, but th- th- there's no such thing as ghosts uh, of human beings. There are spirit beings, and so be careful around all that mess. And so you don't want to play that game of saying, "Let me hold this and I'll tell you your fortune. I'll do that thing." The Bible says, "Trust in the Lord." Don't worry, God is in control. Don't worry about those sort of things. Philippians says, be anxious for nothing, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And the what? And the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. You just can't, you can't worry about these kind of things you don't know. Now, <clears throat> there's one person that most of you won't know about. If you're older, like me, you'll know a person. How many people have heard of, G- of Gene Dixon? Anybody remember Gene Dixon? You have to be sort of older to know that because in my day, uh, there was a lady who became famous in the United States, and her name was Jean Dixon. She had her book called The, called the Glory, and it is her belief that God gave her the gift of prophecy. Now, let me tell you what. She was born, let me just give you a little background about her. Her name was Jean Pickard, and she was born around the turn of the century in Wisconsin, the other century. In the middle years, in her middle years, she met a woman who gave her a crystal ball and said, you, could, you need to be a psychic. You need to be able to figure this stuff out. So she believed that from God, she got the ability to tell the future. And so she wrote the book, The Call to Glory, how God gave her this ability. And let me tell you, she became famous in the United States. When I was in college, she went around speaking at colleges. And, and they would have her come as a guest speaker. And, and she would come and talk about how God had gifted her to tell the future and things. And then she would give some prophecies. Of course, they were usually far enough in advance that she couldn't be tested very close. She couldn't say three weeks from today or something like that. The problem, she predicted a lot of things that were wrong. Now, let me ask you this. If you say that you're a prophet from God, what did the scripture say? If you are a prophet from God, that means whatever you say is what? It's always going to come true. And what in the Old Testament did it say if you're a prophet from God and you say something and it doesn't come true? They were supposed to be put to death. Exactly right. You remember about 20 years ago, a group in Kansas City became known as the Kansas City Prophets. They were a church there, and they got all this charismatic stuff, and they began to say that they were future. They were, they were modern-day prophets who could proclaim prophecy from God, and they got direct revelation. Well, they gave prophecies, and guess what? Many of them were wrong. And so when people challenged them, they said, well, modern prophets aren't always right. No. Well, let me, let me show you about Jean Dixon. Let me show you some of the things she said. <clears throat> She said, that this is, of course, before it happened, she said World War III would begin in 1954. It didn't. She said the Vietnam War would end in 1966. It didn't. It ended in 1975. She said on October 19, 1968, she predicted that Jacqueline Kennedy would never marry. The next day she married Aristotle Onassis. She predicted that Castro would be overthrown from Cuba and leave the island. That never happened. She predicted that Russia would be the first to put men on the moon. 
These, uh, these were predictions from, from her in, in her books, in the newspapers, in everywhere. And of course, when they didn't come true, all she would say is, I, I guess, you know, I somehow missed it. It's very similar to, if you remember the guy back in 1988, uh, I can't remember his name, but he wrote 88 Reasons Why the Rapture Will Happen uh, on a Certain Date in 1988. And he had 88 reasons, and they were all, you know. And of course, the time came and it didn't happen. So, <laughs> so the next year, he actually wrote a book uh, in 1989, 89 reasons why, and he did. And then after that, it didn't come true again, and then he just kind of was disgraced and said, well, I guess I don't know. And we said, nobody knows. You, you shouldn't even have written a book about it. Nobody knows when the rapture's going to be. There is no signs, and said he was doing that. So you just see that even in modern times, and this is some of you in here know who Jean Dixon is. Uh, I mean, I think she's passed away now, but, uh, well, I know she has. Uh, or she'd be about 120. But uh, anyway, she missed a lot of things. And so if you have somebody that tells you, I'm going to tell you your fortune, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen, you, where are they getting this from? They're not getting it from God. He gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as ambassadors and teachers. He later goes on and says, the foundation of the church are the apostles and the prophets. There aren't any more apostles and prophets. They're not anymore. And the next time you're going to have anybody that's like a prophet is going to be during the tribulation when the false prophet's going to be there and then you're going to have the two witnesses. So we'll see all that. The third area, let's look at the third area with, with time and that's witchcraft and devil worship and Wicca or angel worship and all that kind of stuff. When you hear the word magic, I mean, what do you, what do you think of? I don't, I don't know if I have it. Yeah, Matt, what do you think of when you hear the word magic? Well, <clears throat> I... I have a friend, he actually, I hate to say that he's one of my best friends ever. I loved him and loved him, and he got COVID the first time COVID came out in 2020, and he died, and I didn't even get to tell him bye. He was one of my closest friends. He was my college roommate. I got a call from somebody and said, JB, you know, Ray is, Ray's got the virus, and he's not going to make it. I said, what, what do you mean? He said, we just got the word, and the next day he already died. I didn't get to even talk to him. He was one of the most special guys I've ever seen. He played football, so he, he was a great athlete. Uh, he knew the Bible. He could teach the Bible. But he trained himself to be a magician. And, and not a bad magician, but a good magician. He could come up to you and he could do this and he could have something right there in his hand. You could never see it. He could, he could make things disappear. And he, never told, he would never tell me how any of the because you can't tell. He was a real magician, meaning you can't tell how the tricks work. And he would tell people. He was a Christian. He would come and put on things at churches and stuff. And he would say, first of all, I'm, this is not magic. This is, not, this is tricks. I'm tricking you. I'm fooling you. I'm going to look over here and you're going to look and I'm going to do something and you can't ever see it. He told people that he doesn't, he does sleight of hand, but he's not, it's not magic, okay? And I loved him, and he was my great friend. And, but there is such a thing as magic. There is this thing called black magic or the occult or witchcraft. Our country, we don't always think about witches much anymore. In fact, when people think of witches, they go, oh, that's, that's too, you know, that's not true. But in the past three or four decades in America and in Western Europe, 
there was a resurgence of paganism. Now, witchcraft and paganism go together. Paganism is a pagan. They're saying there's not really a god that you worship like a god-god, but there is other things. And paganism goes back to the old goddesses and gods and goddesses and the myths. And, And what you find now, and this is what changed, is if you go all the way through the Bible and this witchcraft are people who would say that they deal with demonic stuff. Nowadays, people who call themselves witches or Wiccan have a different, a different slant on it. It's still the same, but a different slant. Uh, a guy by the name of Gerald Gardner, in 19, he, he lived from 1884 to 1964. In 1954, he wrote a book. He called, it, uh, he called it Reviving Witchcraft for the Modern World. And what he said is witchcraft is, is founded on the mother, the mother goddess. And the mother goddess is the world. It's called Gia. And they worship the world. The, and that's, they're, they're, some of those people are the ones that will say, oh, don't kill animals, don't kill plants and all this. But their idea is that they believe the world itself is the god or the goddess of all things. And so they follow that, and they, it actually goes back, a geo worship, a world worship, the mother goddess. It all goes back to Satan. It's all the same thing. You remember, Satan is the prince of the power of the what? Of the air. And he controls the world system, and the world system goes after our flesh and goes after people. So even when these people say, oh, oh we don't worship Satan, we worship Gia. We worship a mother goddess. It's all the same. There's no God. There's no true God. There's, I mean, there's no tr- true God except our true God. And so they've. That, so when you hear a Wiccan today, they're not. They're going to actually say, "Oh, oh, we don't worship Satan. We worship the Mother Goddess." And let me just give you some. The, the I, I think that I think on my page over here. What do we have? Three, three, um, three things under this magic stuff. Number one. It, um, witchcraft by a generic term. Animism is the first one. And that's that there's a life force in all of creation. They believe that. That there's a force and energy in all things. And the earth in its, uh, its magnification aspect is of the earth goddess. And so they actually believe that the earth is what's real. And the earth is the goddess of the world. And they've got all kind of names. Let me give you some names. You don't have to write all this down. Here's some names of the earth goddess. Aphrodite, Diana, Artemis, Asheroth, Venus. You've heard those names. Gia is also another one. And they all say that they worship the world, the planet, the system. Now, this is going to surprise you. 42% of Americans believe there are spiritual powers in objects like trees and crystals. 42% believe there's some kind of power in those things. Now, there is... There is energy in a lot of things, but the animism is that there's there's life in 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 a, in a in a in a piece of wood. There's life in this. There's life in this book. There's life in those things, and that's what they look at and they worship that. There's a second thing which is pantheism, which means God is everything, and that means that God is in everything that there. He's the air. He's the chair. He's actually you. You're, you're part of God. God is just everything. That's pantheism. Now, we, we know that pantheism is wrong. It's not true. Uh, but there are people who will say things like, you know, God is the air that I breathe. No, he's not. 
He's not the air you breathe. He created the air that you breathe. God is separate from his creation. He is not part of the creation. He is separate from his creation. And pantheism says that God is everything. Everything is God. And then, of course, tied in with all of this witchcraft stuff is polytheism, which is multiple gods and goddesses. And they worship all kind of things. And they'll, they'll, it all ultimately goes back to Satan. They may want to call it the world and Gia and, and Aphrodite. And, I mean, just think of, uh, of when you go back in the Bible in Ephesus, Diana of the Ephesians, or Artemis of the Ephesians. I mean, they, they, there was a, a temple there that was one of the seven modern wonders of the world. It was so gigantic, and it was all for the worship of a goddess who they think fell from the sky. Fell from the sky, and of course, Venus, the story of Venus coming up out of the, out of the ocean, and, and, and they worship that. And so even today, when, when you see of people who say they're Wiccan, and they call themselves witches, they would say, oh, no, no, we're good. We're good witches. We're good because we, we don't worship Satan. We worship the world. And ultimately, it's all the same thing. And when it gets back down to it, that's who they really worship. They worship Satan. It's, it's a game, and that's the way it is. They want to be accepted on campus. There's a whole Wiccan group on campus. And, and that, Now, I haven't been on the campus in the last four or five years to actually find this out. We could talk with Blake and find out. But when I used to go on campus all the time, the Wiccan group was there. And they were in the Association of University Ministers, they call the IFC, the Interfaith Council now. And uh, they're in that group on campus. There are pastors from churches and leaders from campus organizations and, and, and all kind of anything that considered themselves some kind of spiritual thing. And I, go, I went to meetings where the, the witches were there and, the, and different groups that don't hold to anything were there. And I, I, I remember telling you all, I think I told you about the time that uh, one of the people stood up and said, I would like to ask that y'all refrain from using the name Jesus around me. And so you know what I did? I said, Jesus, because I don't put up with it. And they, they actually ask you sometimes at the Interfaith Council, when I used to go on campus a lot, they had asked you to pray, and they'd say, but be careful, uh, try not to use the name Jesus when you pray. I said, I'm going to always use the name Jesus when I pray. So if you're going to ask me to pray, and I remember one time... Um, there was, I got to speak at a banquet. Um, I can't remember the name of the group, the second, but the, the, inner, the head of the Interfaith Council was not a strong believer at all and didn't like me because she told me, I don't want you using the name Jesus. And I said, I will. And this group, she was invited to be at this banquet, but she didn't know I was going to be the speaker. And they asked me, the guy called me and said, well, you come speak, and I'll talk about this. I said, but I'll, you know, I'll talk about Jesus and everything. He said, I want you to. Uh, so I got there, and there she was sitting right there. And I mean, I, I said, let's begin with prayer. And I, we prayed in Jesus' name, and I talked about how Christ, and I, I mean, she was mad the whole time. But listen, we're not going to be put up with that mess. And, and so there, that's, it's always out there. They'll, they'll you know, and it, whether it's Gia it's all ultimately one other thing. So let's, let's oh, oh, i got to read you all this. Okay, I found this this morning. I found this this morning, fresh off the press. Who have ever heard of Kat Von D? Who is she? The tattoo artist of, from L.A.? Yeah, you all know who she is? Have you ever seen her? I've never seen her. Uh, did you know she became a what? Did she become a Christian? Did you know that? Okay, let me read this to you. Reality TV star Kat Von D 
had in-depth discussion about her recent conversion to Christianity. The 41-year-old tattoo artist who became famous on the TLC series LA Inc. shocked fans when she began moving away from her dark side and publicly renounced occult items in her home. Later in October, she had a video published on Instagram of her being baptized into the Christian faith. That's how they write it in this thing. Uh, uh, Von D., who is Catherine Von Ditchenberg, made an appearance on Blaze TV with Ali Beth Stuckey. I know who, do you all know Ali Beth Stuckey? Yeah, I know her. Uh, she said this. The reality says she was using New Age stuff as Band-Aids and crutches and never finding satisfaction. She said, what happened is during the lockdown, her husband, Raphael, just said, Honey, I think we've got it wrong. You know, I think we got a lot of things wrong, she said during the interview. She said, I started kind of reevaluating my life and going down the list of what I'm doing with my life. And I got to the part about my spirituality, and I started rethinking a lot of things. Later, the tattooed artist says she started comparing the lives of her friends who did drugs and dabbled in the occult with the friends who practiced Christianity, and she started noticing a difference. Uh, she looked at her husband, and they said, uh, some of their friends were leading their lives, making decisions through tarot cards and witchcraft, and they're miserable. They're broken people. There's always drama and dread and gloom. She said, I would look at my Christian friends, and I'd say, they're not perfect, but I want to have what you have. I want to know what you know. I love the light that you had. She went on and said she had believed in Christ. And she said, I, it's like, she said, my life now, it's like I'm deprogramming is taking place. Things that I used to find attractive are disgusting to me, you know. And it's like I wish I could put into words how amazing those changes are. Isn't that amazing, y'all? I mean, I, I think that's... I think that's, that's great. And so I, I found that this morning. I thought, well, that might fit for our class. Um, you get involved in that mess, and it'll mess you up. It's never going to be the same. So and I've, I've, I've lost my page here. Okay, so we got just a little bit. Of, let's talk about the destiny. Let's talk about the angels and demons and the destiny. The destiny of angels, both good and bad. The bad angels, the demons, uh, they're going to be cast into the lake of fire. Matthew twenty-five forty-one, the lake of fire. And, I mean, it's going to happen. We know that there's some already judged and placed in the heart of the earth in a place called Tartarus that they can't get out. It seems to be that there might have been some demons help, uh, held under the Euphrates River that were led up when God allowed that river to dry up and let them up. But these bad angels ultimately will be cast in the lake of fire. The Bible says the lake of fire was prepared for the devil and his angels. That's going to happen to them. The good angels we find in Revelation chapter 7, seven uh, chapter 7, 9 through 12. I, I just want to read this to you because I love it. I love, you know, when we started the book of Revelation and we got to chapter 4 and 5 and we spent all that time around the throne. And what were they doing all the time we're studying around the throne? What are they doing? Praising God. I mean, it's just so amazing. And... Um, let me see if I can find the page I'm looking for. And behold, here's John, and he says, I looked and I saw this great multitude, which nobody could count, from every nation, every tribe, every people, and every tongue. Who is that? That's all of us. Standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, crying out with a loud voice, salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That's us. Watch. 
And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. What are the angels going to do forever? Worship and praise God. What are we going to do forever? We're going to worship and praise him and serve him forever. So let me give you some applications. Uh, let's understand these spirit beings called angels. We've been seeing them over there. There's good ones and bad ones. There's evil ones. There's demons. There, no, there's types. Remember the classifications that we had? And there's uh, archangels and there's seraphim and fair, uh, uh, you know, uh, all those different kind of angels. There's the ministry of the good angels and the ministries of, of the evil angels and all those kind of things. So just kind of, th- this is one of the things from our study. Just know that. The second thing is draw near to God so we can stand. Remember we said that you're in a fallen battle, a fallen world, and there's a battle and we're in a spiritual battle. We put on the armor of God. We get as close to God. We humble ourselves. What's the key word in dealing with all that? Is humility. We humble ourselves. We realize we can't fight the devil. We come under his authority, uh, under God's authority. And so here's the devil's plan. Realize the plan of the evil angels. The devil wants to stop what? Unbelievers from believing and stop believers from serving. Okay? And then demons want to possess unbelievers and harm them and they want to influence believers. How would, a, how would a demonic being influence a believer? Distract them. Distract them. And, and when, when any believer starts getting around with that what? With that stuff. Anytime a believer starts messing around with the occult, and they start saying, well, this is just a game. This doesn't really matter. Listen, it's, 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 it's dangerous. <clears throat> So, the devil has planned to stop believers from, uh, unbelievers from believing, stop believers from serving. Demons possess the unbelievers, harm them in some kind of way, and influence believers. I, I just want to say that it, seem, it is strange that when you look at certain times in history, uh, in, in the garden, there is the devil himself. When you get to the flood, there's all this, these demonic beings uh, are trying to attack the human race. When you get the time of of Moses and the nation of Israel going to come out. You have the, the ten gods of Egypt are attacked by God themselves, and there's all kind of demonic stuff and things there. When you get up to uh, even the time of, of, of Samuel and Saul and Elijah and Elisha, there's great demonic battle there. You get to the time of Jesus Christ, and what is there? Here is the king on the earth, and there's great demonic influence. You get to the beginning of the church, there's great demonic influence. We're now toward the end of the church. And what we're seeing is a rise, just like it says in the latter times, there's going to be doctrine of demons. And then when we get to the tribulation time period, you're going to have Satan and the Antichrist and the false prophet, all demonic, ruling the whole world. So it's, it's, it's coming. So realize this, the last one is realize the destiny of the angels, evil angels, lake of fire, good angels in heaven with man serving and praising God.